emptiness, a sense of space, no self, and no thought. So this, this awakened state, and what you call getting to the root, getting to the island you cannot go beyond. And that Dhamma part of us, there is an island. I have forgotten it. <laughs> There's a place of nothingness, stillness. So, just the, this awaken at the momentary, this present here and now, and that island you cannot go beyond. And so that's to be, you know, this is, these are words, but it's uh, with the sense of yoni somana sinkara, getting to the root, recognizing, realizing that. The point you can't get behind. If you think about it, then you like get caught in doubt. It's a, it's a, you know, a trap of the mind trying to figure it out. So it's a, it's a direct intuition. That's what this retreat is emphasis on. This uh, trusting in, in this, not in ideas about practice or about yourself, any conceptions or views about. Buddhism or Amravati or or practice or any of this stuff can't trust any of it because you just go around in circles the intellect it just it does that it just it's tricky so this giving up trying to figure it out and intellectualize it and understand it through ideas but this imminent act of trust awakens in the moment what is it like I just made her to wake up <laughs> and, uh, it's like this <laughs> We had, I mean, now we could probably describe how many <laughs> kalapas or <laughs> and give some kind of impressive analysis of waking up. And it doesn't do any good either because it, it makes it sound more complicated when it's very when it's the ultimate simplicity in the thing. It's so simple, so immediate. And then in the controversies in the Buddhist world about gradual path or instant path, and these are these are intellectualizations, aren't they? You know, when you start thinking, then you you conceive things as instant or gradual, and and then you 
morning, the instant one. Now, wake up now. Then the graduate said, no, you can't wake up right now. You've got to develop your sila first. <laughs> you have to give Donna, develop sila, become a monk or nun, and then you can wake up. And that's what it sounds like half the time. Yeah. This, uh, and that's the, and yet both have, uh, are, are, are all right in terms of re- points of reflection, you know, their perspectives as points to grasp and, and hold to. They, they'll, you know, they'll only disappoint you, but as they're, they're ways of reflecting on experience. I remember years ago, before I ordained, a friend of mine was was obsessed with with. Uh, she was very sure she was very, uh, you know, so many emotional, mental problems that that she uh, she went to therapists and psychologists, and she was kind of obsessed on this level. And she saw herself always as somebody that needed therapy, somebody that needed something, something that that uh, there was something wrong with her, and that she needed to go through. She she told me I probably needed to go through at least 20 years of psychoanalysis in order to be a healthy, normal human being. And then uh, somebody else was with me in a discussion with her, and she, and he said, "You, you think you can be healthy by being sick?" And then, uh, and that quite stuck me as a good reflection. <laughs> so what I what I might do is is assume, even if you think you're sick, uh, assume you're perfectly healthy. Better to do that than to assume that you're kind of permanently damaged or sick. Just like like if if in the Paticca Samuppada you start with a vicha, you end up with dukkha. If you start with vicha, then the, then the, then the the pattern collapses, disappears. So I mean, it, so so this is the the moment right now. They to be perfectly healthy, enlightened right now, to be the deathless nibbana right now. Then your your mind will say, "Well, I can't do that because I've got so many problems on this." And on this. <laughs> so then you you get so it's not a point of thinking or or believing anything your mind says, but in in establishing it's like yoni so manasi establishing right now the, the healthy point. 
It's not something you don't have, is it? It's not, not anyone in this temple lacks this. It's not something you, you don't have, you, or that others have more of. The, but it's recognizing that. Really respecting it, treasuring this, this moment, this awakened moment, even if it's just for one flicker. And it's usually experience of not knowing anything. The, the, the intellect, the thinking mind just goes blank. And you're in a state of thinking minds non plus to pop, stop, and then. And of course, the momentum habits take over, and you start, you know, I've got to meditate, do my anapana, do the sweeping, see the anicca get the insights into the three characteristics of existence and on and on like that into all the things that should be done get samadhi get insights satipatthana vipassana <laughs> all comes complicated then <clears throat> so how we hold all that isn't it you know, the, the intellect is going to grasp that stuff. How you should practice, and what you should do first, well, how, you know, the, the Theravada way, the, the way we do it at Amravati, Ajahn Sumedho's way. You know, get, I'm getting a bit, uh, you're going you're, you're to develop an Ajahn Sumedho way. And I make no claim to this way whatsoever, so don't put my name to it. <laughs> no interest in, in, uh, in, in, in establishing some kind of new method or cult. The last thing I want to do. So this is like the, the, teaching of the Buddha and wake up and it's very simple here and now you say enlightenment here and now Nibbana here and now then, they, then, you get, then people quibble about the, the ultimate Nibbana I remember uh, Ajahn Buddhadasa in Thailand he used to he talked about little Nibbanas before the big one and some kind of Academic monks would get very upset when this is like, you know, they just go Ajahn Buddhadasa, you know, little Nibbanas, <laughs> big Nibbanas. <laughs> but this, this is, uh, but Ajahn Buddhadasa wasn't afraid to, 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 to use the system. You know, he had a lot of 
intestinal fortitude, Ajahn Buddhidasa. And so he, he could kind of, you know, challenge the whole Thai Buddhist establishment and seemed to almost delight in when they got angry and upset with him. They wouldn't publish his books in Sri Lanka. <laughs> in Burma, I hear they're even more, even more controlling about how it has to be, you know, the, the, the right form of Buddhist teaching is like this. So Sister Damadina, I remember, told me that they would never have allowed Buddha Nasa to teach, publicly teach in Burma. Because <laughs> he stirs the system, doesn't he? Kind of, He's willing to challenge or to experiment rather than just fit everything into the structure. You know, it's like trying to contain infinity in a, in a little cup. It's a kind of what they call orthodoxy. It's like fundamentalism today. In Islam or Christianity, it's kind of, and in Hinduism, in India, people justifying violent behavior, hatred, prejudice, biases through quoting scriptures. But in one thing that's always Theravada Buddhism in Pali scriptures, you've got this Kalama Sutta. That, that's an incredible Sutta, actually. It says, don't believe because the scriptures say so, or because it's tradition, or because the teacher says so, or on and on. It did nine different things that, you know, categories that you don't, don't accept, don't believe just because external sources you know, no matter how prestigious and, and uh, marvelous or important or wise they may seem, this is, this is the exploration that only you can know yourself. So, so this is not letting the authorities intimidate you. Like the orthodox, the fundamentalists, the... the uh, the traditionalists, all these things, they can be very intimidating. They come across in a very, you know, in, with great confidence sometimes. You know, fundamentalists are very, very confident. They're right. And that's very impressive. If you're not incredibly confident yourself to challenge it, then you, you tend, we tend to get thrown off. You know. So easy to be impressed by someone who comes from a point of real confidence. Then we, when we tend to hang on to that person, and then 
that people will follow even the most inane teachings if the teacher is confident. So the instant they wake up, is that all there is? I don't see anything. I'm awake. And then we, you know, so then they, we're expecting something, isn't it? Some, some reward for waking up. Rather than delighting in the imminent act of it, in itself. Just being awake, what is that like? Without expecting, uh, you know, to be rewarded for it or to get something out of it. So then, now this is my experience, and just I can only speak from here. So when I wake up, there's a sound of smiling. I can't get beyond it. I can distract my mind from it, is uh, what I can do. Like seeing silence as a, uh, conceiving silence as some, that has no sound. That's a concept. You know, so, so, you know, it's a concept, an idea, sound, a silence with absolute no sound. So then when we, when we conceive silence like that, then it, then we get irritated by sounds. Because you can go into a state where you, everything seems very still and silent. But it, it, it but then it, it's a kind of an absorption of a, it's not, a, 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 it's not to the root. Is into kind of tranquilizing, dumbing down everything. So, uh, so this, when you get to the to the root, present moment now, like this, and so then this this sort of silence embraces everything, allows. And it's the stillness, the stillness of it. And it's not, not demanding, not exciting. Though so to me, this is this is the island you cannot go beyond. Not the sound of science, but it's a, it, it is. A, that when, when I 
completely give myself to the moment. That's what what what, what I'm aware of. And if I relax with it, like Venerable Natiko's love affair, and just float in it. Enjoy the moment. And then this is this is a way of, of just beginning to appreciate uh, being awake. In itself, not because it's an it's not an attainment. Not like you should get accolades for waking up or some kind of great attainment. Because then those are thoughts again. The ego wants to feel I'm you know, I'm I I'm an advanced meditator or something like that. I'm an attained human being, I'm someone who has attained spiritual power, spiritual insight through my dedication for so many years to being a monk and on on like that. Those are thoughts, concepts. So in the don't know mind, another one, a beginner's mind in the Zen tradition, sometimes they talk in this way and then we think then we grasp the idea, don't know is a kind of, well that sounds alright, I don't have to know anything and that's the path, uh, we can we can grasp that in the wrong way but don't know is, what's that like not this desire to know anymore, but really present we're not trying to figure out everything, know everything, explain everything, define and justify, analyze, but allow. Then from this island you can't get beyond, then it's like if you, that because it's natural, it's, uh, you, you, as you rest and trust, then it, one can, can just abide. But then this also, the mental states will arise. And so this itta that's when the conditions arise, and this is the mental state. So and this is like the the guests visiting, isn't it? They they come and they go according to condition. And so this this spaciousness, this incredible. Beautiful space, infinite space, consciousness itself, 
consciousness, you know, the mirror, the reflections in the mirror. So it's it's not a dead space, you know, not seeing the unconditioned, or that is some kind of like a oblivion or unconscious kind of wipeout and destruction of everything. It's infinite potential for everything. You know, it's a, it has this sense of infinite possibility. Creativity. Because the Nibbana was never meant to, you know, this idea of extinction as is oftentimes defined as in some books in Theravada. It's not an annihilationist. Not annihilation. But this is where trusting in, in the reality, you know, this moment, you know, right now, this is life. Breathing, the physical body is like this. There's heat in the body, and there's uh, the elements, earth, fire, water, and air. Consciousness, all this operating right now in terms of experience, it's not just quoting from scriptural authority is that the reality is here. Space, consciousness, the four elements. And what is it that can know all this? You know, is this, is this just some kind of intellectual um, tirade that I'm on? <laughs> What is it that knows this ability, this awakened state, you know, can, can the solid element know the solid element? And examining like that, the air know the air? Or what is it that knows? So this awakened state with, in, with consciousness, like this. It's alive, knowing, vital. It's not just a dull, tranquil state. Like in, in the practice samatha meditations, I remember how Important it is to keep the the uh, the image alive, bright and clear, because uh, like because it, it tend, you tend to, it's a repetitious practice, so it's easy to get perfunctory, isn't it? You get, just like mantras, it's easy to just go money, 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 a drone, doesn't it? It become, you know, you might start puto, puto, and then it's puto, puto, and then you can, you know, you can just be mouthing this mantra, 
but it's dull. Makes you dull. So then the, the idea with mantra or with the casino meditation is to make them very bright, you know. That takes some kind of awakenness and you have to put some effort into it because it's so easy. I want to just sink into into a nice, cozy, dull state. And then the, the, the but it, and it takes effort, doesn't it, to, to keep that level of attention and brightness. Or with casino meditation, like you, when I did the experiment years ago with the green color, you know. I read the Basuti Manga description, and I don't need to. You know, I don't need to make a casino. I can, I can create one right out of my mind right now. I'm very good at visualizing things. So, created this green casino, just mental. But it was a bit dull. The green wasn't particularly, you know, it was a kind of dullish green. So I said, dull green, I want a bright want a light, you know, full of light, radiant. So I created it with my mind. Bright, green, radiant green. And that took, you know, that, that took a determination to do that, you know, to trust in my ability to do it. Because my intellect was saying, oh, you're just playing games with your mind, tomato. You know, you're just fooling yourself. This is just an illusion. This is silly. You know, the, the jackals would, would go off like that. And then I go, oh, shut up. And then I'd, I'd say, okay, now that it's this vibrant green light, the most beautiful green light in the whole universe, that's, I can do that too. <laughs> So this was just my upayas for, for cultivating this, you know. And of course, the, the thinking mind, my cynical mind, would go and say, what a bunch of rubbish, you're just playing games. But if I stop following that and getting, getting, uh, you know, intimidated and, and carried away by my negative ha- habits, you know, I could, you know, Sustain this green limita, most beautiful green in the universe. You could, you know, and you learn, you learn how to put it, make it disappear into a little dot and expand it to the size of the whole universe. Now that sounds crazy, doesn't it? From the kind of mental constructions that most of us are used to. You know, let's be reasonable, sensible, scientific about all this. You just, this is just, you know, uh, uh, which is a, a kind of mindset that we are educated with, at least I was. Reasonableness. Let's be, let's use common sense and reason. And, uh, and so then, of course, it, it isn't common sense. 
and it's not not nothing reasonable about it, but it is a creative act, you know. And if, and the and the result then is in itself. Say, what did you get out of it? You know, did you want to get some kind of, you know, did you get, did you hear heavenly music or? <laughs> no, but everything green became very, <laughs> the color green, I <laughs> pick it out in all its various shades. <laughs> and I could actually, you know, and, and when I was doing this, I was in this play, remote place where you had to walk three hours on Bindabat down a mountain and back up. To, and I learned how to just keep that in front of me. You know, just, just what the mind can do. But then it all, it would all collapse the minute I doubted it. You know, the bright light goes out immediately. Then, oh, you're just this is rubbish. And then it goes, it's gone. It's like that. <laughs> so, so I can see just by yeah, holding it in this very positive way. You know. And it's a training, you know, when, where the, the mind, the, the, power of my mind is so conditioned to doubt and, and, and even be cynical, a kind of cynical, skeptical tendency. You know, it's rubbish. Just dismiss something like that. Can't be bothered. Rubbish. Easy for me to, to go into that state. Or to doubt my intentions, you know. Make, there's always something, you know, that the jackals can always create some problem about anything and everything. So, just noting this, that this, because the awareness of the jackals, of these, these negative things, is, then the determination toward the casino. Then the noticing that that, that that the, the doubts come through thinking. This this uh, this proliferating habit of the mind. So when I think about myself, then I think I can see all the, you know all the things I don't like and wrong and and uh, I'm very good at at, at uh, noticing, being very much aware of of uh, negative with faults, weaknesses, pride, conceit, fear, and so this is where the challenge of stopping thinking. I realized I couldn't trust the thought process anymore. What I think, the way I'm conditioned, programmed to think, I can't trust it. 
it's delu it's, 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 it leads to delusion. You know, what, who I think I am and my abilities and the way I conceive myself as a person, my uh, personality, ego. I realize there's nothing in, that, in my ego, my personality, I could trust. Because it was, uh, it was, and when I, when I did grasp those views, it would take me into suffering all the time. Self-consciousness, worry, self-disparagement. So just analyzing myself from a personal position, I couldn't see the point of it. You know, just see, for, for my personality to analyze me, it just go around in circles because I can't trust the, the personality the views, the opinions, the perceptions that have come so uh, in order to get beyond the personality and to stop thinking and to trust in the awareness Get outside the trap of the of of uh, sakya ditti. Well, how do you do that? By by analyzing yourself endlessly, by thinking about yourself. You know, is that how you get out of it? <laughs> it just goes around. You know, no matter how many times you analyze yourself, you come back to the same place. <laughs> You're stuck in the same thing. So then, then it had to be this point, this, this island you cannot go beyond. This wake up, butto, pure presence. And then establishing that, trusting that so much that there's, you know, because the thinking mind doesn't trust it. The thinking mind will only create problems about it. It'll, it'll endlessly doubt it. Jackals will come and you, you know, maybe you're deluding yourself. Maybe you're playing games with your mind and all. Admittedly, the green nimitta was a bit of a game. That wasn't the way out of suffering, but, it, but, but then this, this, uh, this isn't a game. This is real. So then, you know, if you start with a vicha, ignorance, can you get enlightened through ignorance? <laughs> can you be enlightened through starting off by grasping ignorance, a vicha? So if we start off with a vicha, I am the Ajahn Sumedho and I'm 
you know, I go into the personality view again, I can think, I know I've got a lot of faults and this and this, and it should be more like that, it should be, um, you know, I think I'm being very honest about myself, you know, admitting my, that, you know, I'm not perfect, and I need to do a lot of work on myself and get my act together and get my samadhi and, these are all kind of true in a way, you know, there's a kind of truth to it. There's true but not right, right but not true situation. It's not that I'm a, you know, a bald-faced liar. I'm making it up out of nothing. But it is habit, isn't it? It's the force of habit, the perception of a self, a commitment to the self-view, the I am the body, I'm this, this person here. You know, this is, you know, this is what I, it's a, starting from that view as your basis. So in terms of the tradition we're in, the, you know, you they encourage the society to don a sila. Generosity and morality as a basis, because you can, you know, just on a personal level, you become better person, nicer guy, kind of, by being generous and keeping sila. You can, uh, you know, on that level, if people aren't interested in pawana, they have no sense for it, no, no, uh, aspiration. What, you can't, can't teach pawana to somebody who isn't open to it. But you can kind of, you know, intimidate them into Keeping sila, telling them that about the hell realms you go to if you tell a lie, and, and so in Thai temples, you know, they've got some of these kind of incredible pictures of hell realms, Buddhist hells. Buddhists are very good at depicting hells. Horrible pictures of you know, people in utter distress, torture, and humiliation. They do scare you a bit. <laughs> <laughs> so you know that that's the carrot and stick approach isn't it reward and punishment rewarded for being good punished for being bad this is you've got to you know keep the society in order you know you've got to frighten people you know punish them capital punishment you know will keep people from doing bad things won't it it works really well in the United States It scares the Americans to death. You know, they're all so good there. <laughs> because they're so frightened. They're going to be, have to be punished if they're naughty. So, I mean, that's, that's the thinking mind, isn't it? That's the way, that's logical. And it, uh, you know, and it's uh, where fundamentalism tends to come from. You should be rewarded for being good, being a good Christian, going to church every Sunday, giving a tenth of your income to the church, and uh, not sinning in any way, and then you've got to, you know, punish the bad ones. People that are immoral, the people that uh, um, 
don't believe in Jesus Christ. They should be punished. And uh, on and on like this. The logic comes from from this, uh, this way of thinking. And that, so it's on this level of thought, isn't it? Of dualistic thinking. If we just get stuck on that level, you, you know, what, how do you get out of that level? What is the trigger that moves you out of that powerful habit? Because for me, it was so habitual and it's stuck in this very absolutizing of relative condition, you know, absolute morality. Uh, this is how I was taught morality. morality is absolute. Absolute good. And so it, it, uh, you know, it puts it in such a heavy way. Just mentally, when you hold morality as absolute, it, it, you know, to me, it, it puts me into, uh, you know, a kind of feeling of being tied up in a straitjacket. One movement away from that absolute, you've had it. You know. You let them eat pickled garlics, next thing they'll be drinking whiskey. <laughs> if you... <laughs> if, you, if you allow just the slight movement of, you know, from this absolute position, then the whole thing will collapse. <clears throat> Giving in to weakness, the devil. You give in just a little bit and he'll take you over completely and you'll be completely mad. The, the way that that kind of thinking works. It can be very very intimidating. And then when I talk about intuition, isn't it? It's, this, is, this is the word I use. There's sati sampachanya, this When I look, I don't feel that. I don't. That's an ugly feeling, absolutizing the relative to me. When I, that that is not a peaceful state of mind for me. To live my life, I'm trying to be good because I'm so afraid of the devil. I'm so afraid I'm going to be punished if I'm naughty. And, and just trying to be so good all the time because I'm so afraid of evil. When I really look at intuitive, this intuitive is, is awakened state. You're aware of what, what you're actually feeling in your, in your guts. It's not, it's, 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 uh, it's very painful to be, to be like that. And this is my own experience. Maybe you, some of you enjoy that. <laughs> but this intuitive state, you can't get behind it. You know, like you can't, it's not like dualistic thinking, you can get beyond it. You know, it's, it's, it's a creation. It's a, it's a mental object. So it, it arises and ceases. So you, you're not, you're not stuck in that realm of thinking, cogitations of what you can, through 
awakening. You're, 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 you're opening to it. You're transcending it. Putting it in your thinking abilities into perspective. You see. So then, this is what I trust. Because I haven't created it. It's not some kind of green nimitta that I play with my mind. I play games with my mind. It's not like that. It's not the most beautiful, radiant green in the whole universe. And it seems like nothing in terms of the thinking mind, which wants something, you know, to, you know, this is it. That's almost like not, nothing. A place of nothingness in this uh, quote from the Sutta Nipata. A place of nothingness. That sounds desolate. <laughs> because when we think about nothing, it sounds like, you know, total absence. Like a annihilation. A sterile void of nothingness. That's pretty dismal perception. But in the reality of nothingness isn't like that. It's like this. It's alive. Vibrant. It's, it's uh, with the moment. Completely present. It's not slumped over in a state of, of uh, emotional dullness. Nothingness, the re- resignation to to fate, and be oh, nothing I can do. Resign yourself to fate, but awakeness is from this point. And so, like having a love affair there. That's one way of, of making it work. You know, that, that can help them. And people find that a way of, of giving it some, some, you know, something, make it, put using words to, to make, to encourage this. Like a love affair. You want to give yourself totally to the beloved. You know, rather than, you know, in terms of idealizing love. So that the, you know, it's, you give yourself totally to it, not just half-hearted. Well, I love you today, but yesterday I didn't. <laughs> Tomorrow I don't know whether I will or not. So like the Sufi poets, they did, they had love affairs with this. Rumi. <laughs> this, uh, these are, you know, these are skillful means. So they did, you know, if you see it as a, as a buzz in the ear, then it, it is. You know, that, that perception is, is an unpleasant one. So just like the most beautiful, Radiant green light in the whole universe. Rather than the more saying, well, you know, green's green. 
In order to have develop a green limit, you've got to fall in love with it. You know, you want to make it the most beautiful green, not just you know, kind of pea green or olive drab or something like that. <laughs> At least that's <laughs> how my mind works. To make it the most beautiful, radiant green light in the whole universe. Then the jacket says, how do you know? Maybe there's a more beautiful green. <laughs> You think you're God? Do you think you can see all the green lights in the universe? Uh, they shut up. <laughs> so this in the sense of of encouraging you or empowering you that sounds a bit megalomaniacal (laughs) but they are encouraging you to you know to really you know don't be afraid you know this is this uh, the holy life is like Love it, you know, really have a love affair with it. So it's not just obeying all the rules and keeping a vinaya and, and trying to be good and impeccable and, and, uh, set a good example for the society and do all the right things and you'll get all the dana you need and, and then it is, it's, a, it's, it's half-hearted. Or it leads to, you know, it's, it's not, it won't transcend, it won't help if you do that with it. And you see so many monks, you know, in Buddhist countries that have not done anything with it. They just, they, 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 they go along with the, with the external. So then you can, you know, you can easily make a case against monasticism if you look at, some of the temples in Bangkok <laughs> or, or meet a lot of the monks, you know, because it's, oftentimes it's a way of using, you know, getting a position or getting something. It's, it's so much a part of the culture. So, you know, it's used in so many different ways. But this is, this is where the you know, this is what the the thing I learned from Mung Pon Cha, what attracted me to him in particular, was his uh, joyfulness. I mean, he he was a loving man. He could really, you know, he loved the life. So it, it then it it you know it it empowered me to do that. It was he wasn't a half-hearted Buddhist monk. Frightened of of everything, you know, and trying desperately to be as good as he could be. He, he was a liberated human being. You 
Now you can't blame the system. Oh, you can if you want, actually. But, but it's like like it's it's to me upasambada or the bhapacha is is a real you know it's a, it's a and go for it you know you're given now the right to use these conventions use them don't just try to fit in and 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 get caught into conventional positions you know and just think that just by the you know making yourself into the ideal that that's what is expected no it's it's a it's an initiation this is this these are now you've you've given the right you dumb of any make it work you know use it explore it investigate what does it do how 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 do you you know what do you do with these conventions And what you do with them, what, what is the result of it? Are they, li- are you being liberated through being monastic or not? You know, is it helping or not? Then you, then you think, well, if it's meant to, it's a, it's guide to liberation, then maybe I'm not using it rightly. And this is where this awakenness and this wake up, and you, as you get a sense for that and value that and treasure it, you know. You say, you don't have to be a monk to do that, it's true. <laughs> but then, why not? <laughs> So today, uh, I won't be here, but, uh, and this evening, it's the day before one pra, I think we, uh, evening puja is optional. And, uh, tomorrow morning, uh, optional puja also. This does not mean that you shouldn't be meditating. <laughs> or you should be <laughs> sitting around chatting about politics or, Frivolous matters. So those of you who are afraid you are going to be called on to give the evening reflection, you have another day of respite. (laughs) 